Welcome to At The Table, the podcast for the SBC Women's Leadership Network. Join the conversations of a collaborative community of women from the Southern Baptist Convention family who long to connect, engage, and encourage one another as they serve and lead in diverse ways to impact the kingdom of God. Pull up a chair, grab your favorite drink, and listen in on what God is doing through women of the SBC. Hey ladies, and welcome to another episode of At The Table. It is Jackie King, and as always, I'm so excited that you are joining us for another episode and getting to listen to the stories of women in the SBC. I have recently gotten several messages from you that are just finding the podcast, or maybe a friend kind of passed it on a while ago, and you're quarantining, and so you have a little bit of extra time, and you're joining us. So I just want to say welcome. I'm so glad that you're here and that you're taking part in the conversation. And today I get to introduce you to, oh my goodness, a friend, a mentor, um, a person that I have cried over the phone with, um, just an amazing woman that has deep roots in the SBC that I am so thankful for. And so today I get to welcome Julie Woodruff to the show. Julie, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Jackie, for the invitation. This is so fun to be with you. Yeah, so we were talking that we're both having to learn lots of new things thanks to the coronavirus and oh, our skills are getting stretched a little bit. So you're feeling that, huh? Uh, yes, I am, as a matter of fact. What in the world? <laughs> we are all trying to just take it a day at a time, and I'm really thankful that you're starting your day with us. So why don't you start us off? Just tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you recording from? Um, tell us about your role in ministry, how you're connected to the SBC, just all the fun get-to-know-you things. All right. Well, I'm actually recording in my bonus room, which is um, an interesting place to be right now, in Hendersonville, Tennessee. Um, I've, we've lived here for about 20 uh, years. I grew up in Arcadia, Louisiana, and um, have been in the SBC since before I was born. Of course, my uh, parents were in an SBC church, and so I have been there a long time uh, in the SBC. I went to uh, Louisiana College, which is a Baptist college in Louisiana. I went to Southwestern Seminary. So to say that the SBC is ingrained in me uh, would be a true statement, and I'm very <laughs> grateful for that and very grateful for um, so many people and places that have played such a large part uh, in my story. Um, I felt a call, Jackie, to ministry when I was a sophomore in college there at Louisiana College, and um, I... It was just so out of the blue because none of my family was in ministry. I mean, I just, it was, I, I didn't see that coming. And yet when God called me, I tried to run, kind of like Jonah, uh, not because I hated the people, but because I was, I didn't even know what that looked like or meant. And I thought, oh, I'm not sure. But then God just continued to pursue me. And, um, and I, I finally um, said, okay, Lord, whatever. And I think most of my fear at the time was back then, and that was a long time ago, um, you know, we didn't have technology and the world seemed like a really, really big place. And you may have even heard this from others before that I was afraid if I gave into the call of God on my life that it meant that I was going to have to be a missionary in Africa. And at that time, we didn't know it. <laughs> you know, we, we couldn't talk to each other like we... Uh, talk today and so anyway that was a fearful thing but uh, the Lord just eased those fears he made it so clear that he was calling me um, to ministry and so when I was obedient to that call and, and went to Southwestern Seminary um, and then it was right before I graduated from Southwestern that I met my husband Sid I was in 
a church in Houston doing uh, student ministry for the summer, and Sid was there as the associate pastor, single, never had been married, and so therefore it was a short romance, and uh, we were, by the end of the summer, and the crazy thing about it was that um, we weren't even supposed to date people on staff. Well, we really didn't date. We went, we did go to a movie one night, but I'm telling you, it was the wildest ride ever um, because by the end of the summer, he had asked me to marry him and I finished my last semester at Southwestern. And then we were called to our first church. Actually, the committee called him the day he was leaving to come to Louisiana for our wedding. And he said, well, I am leaving to go to my uh, to be married this next week. And he said, but if you'll set it up with my pastor at my church, then uh, when I get back, I'll preach in view of Paul. And that's exactly what happened. Two weeks after our honeymoon, uh, we came home and he preached in view of a call uh, or he, he preached and the committee came and heard him. And then that was a process of over a month that we taught with West Conroe Baptist Church in Conroe, Texas. That was a church plant at the time. And so that was our first church to serve um, together as a married couple. And uh, we were there for 13 and a half years and loved it. And uh, because it was church plant and I uh, had just gotten out of seminary, I did student ministry and helped even with the developing um, at the time Sunday school and what that looked like. And um, so it was a fun time in our lives because both of us called and we didn't have children and so we were able just to, you know, pour our whole lives into uh, ministry. And we couldn't hire a second full-time staff member anyway. The church couldn't at the time. So it was just, I, we just did it together. Um, I'm and, sure there's a uh, lot of ministers' wives that are feeling that same, like shaking their head. Yes. Yeah, I've been there. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it was, uh, those were lean days, I, I must admit. Uh, but we did it and it was fun. And by the time, uh, that I got pregnant with our first child, the church was at a point where they could hire uh, another full-time minister. And so they did. And I came home and uh, had two babies at 14 months apart. And so um, I was there. And uh, then God called me back. It was the strangest thing because we had had a student minister who left and we had had several summer, summer people come in. And yet when this guy left, um, our, our student ministry just needed something solid. And Sid said, you're the only solid person that has been in their lives. And so I want to hire you back to do student ministry. And um, so I did. I went back. The church hired me to be student minister uh, part-time for two or three years when our children were very little. And um, I'm going to tell you, Jackie, that was a tough season because church was our life. You know, we lived it. We ate it. We slept you know, we talked about it all the time and really and truly when, when uh, my children were four and five, my son just kind of began to act out and God began to speak to me in my heart to say, you need to go home and be a full-time mom. And it, it kind of shocked me because I, that was not something that I saw coming, but it was very clear that that's what he was calling me to do. And so I told them, uh, you're going to need to get somebody else to, to do the student ministry thing because I, I've got to go home and be a mom. And um, as clear as God was, it was still one of those things that was just, I was stepping out in faith because um, 
I felt called to ministry too. And I didn't know what that was going to look like, you know, for me. And um, so anyway, I, God gave me a passage, Psalm 37, four, which we all uh, know probably delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. But as I was reading in scripture during that season, just asking God, is this what you want for me? And, and what do I do in this season? Because I'm going to be home. And I, I, did, I didn't connect the dots, Jackie, that really my home was my first ministry. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I yeah. felt called. Well, that was what I was called to for that season. And uh, what I had never noticed before until I was reading uh, Psalm 37 was that in verse 3, it says this, uh, dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Trust in the Lord and do what is good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. And so that was uh, just a word from the Lord to me that I was just to be obedient to what he had called me to do. And I said to him then, um, as a young mom, I said, Lord, if you'll let me stay home and you'll let me raise my children um, as a stay-at-home mom, then I, I want to be faithful to do that in this season. And um, I might not understand it, but I, I'm here. And uh, so that's exactly what I did. I, uh, I stayed home with my children. Um, and this is the craziest thing. But when I became, uh, or when my daughter, well, in, the, in, in that time, we moved from Texas to Tennessee where my husband uh, was on staff at Lifeway and, um, or he worked at Lifeway. And so um, when we got here, uh, of course, everything was fresh and new and, and uh, the Lord just opened the door uh, for me to do some things uh, with Lifeway and some, contract work and things like that that made it possible for me to continue staying at home. But when my daughter was a senior in high school, I got a call from David Landreth, who at the time was pastor at Long Hollow Baptist Church here in Hendersonville, Tennessee. And he said, Julie, I, I don't know, but uh, he said, we've been praying about someone to come and be women's minister at our church. And your name is the name that, that just keeps coming up. And would you be interested? Would you even be willing to pray about it? And Jackie, the crazy thing about that was that that was 14 years after I had prayed that prayer and the Lord had said, dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Yeah. And I didn't see it coming and only God and I knew that prayer. You know what I mean? And yeah. yet, um, when my daughter was a senior in high school, literally it was December before she graduated in May, I get this phone call. So I knew that was God's will for me. I knew that that, that was the next step. And uh, so that's how I got um, uh, to Long Hall, where I am now. And I've served there for 14 years uh, as women's minister. And it has been quite, quite the journey. Oh, man, there's so many things that I think, I know you and I have chatted about this before, but um, even just going from your call to ministry and not knowing what that looked like, and even, you know, just it, at that particular time, it was really hard to connect with other women and to even like figure out what does a call to ministry look like for a woman, yeah. you know? Um, but then I think even just your transparency and talking about this wrestle of, um, you know, we, we got married, we were both surrendered to ministry, you're trained. I mean, there is no doubt in 
anybody's mind, you know, that the Lord gifted you. And then just that wrestle that I know I've felt that I've had many conversations with other um, ministers, wives and other women in ministry and women leaders, because I think that's a hard tension to hold. And so I love just your encouragement and example and being, um, obedient, you know, because I don't know necessarily, at least in my own story, that I've been completely obedient in those seasons to where I've I found so much of my identity in my ministry and in my call, and that's what I'm comfortable in, not motherhood, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. I get it completely. Yes. So I think there's a lot of encouragement there, especially for those that are listening that are maybe kind of feeling that tension or that call. Um, and I think even just trying to answer some of those questions and those deep-rooted fears that come with the tension of, am I ever going to step back into ministry and what does it look like? And so I love just your example of how it was hard. I think you can even hear that in your voice. Like it was hard to step down and it was hard Mm -hmm. to trust, but you did. And that God had a plan and that we get to see that in your life and in your ministry. And so just so encouraging, I think, um, I don't know, what would you maybe say specifically to a woman that's really kind of like at that point right now to where they're trying to decide, do I, do I stay with my family? Do I stay in this position? Like what would your specific encouragement to her be right now? Well, let me share a story that I think will help explain that. And that is, I'll never forget that when um, the, person that was coming to lead our student ministry after me came in view of a call. We were sitting on the front row at church. I can't tell this without choking up. My son was sitting there beside me and he was five years old at the time. And he asked me, mom, who is that? And I said, well, that's who's going to take mom's place so I can come home to be with you. And he says, does that mean you're going to be ours full time now? And I said, yeah, buddy, that's exactly what that means. So that, that would be my encouragement to, to remember that our home is our first ministry and that we only have those children in our home um, for, a, for a season. And, you know, I didn't know what that looked like. I, I didn't know if maybe when they got in school that, that I would, t- and I'm certainly not against, or wasn't against that for me, but it was just one of those things that I knew specifically that God was leading me to do. And it freed my husband to be able to, to minister in ways that, um, uh, you know, although I wasn't alongside him all, all the time at church, but yet I was, I was taking care of things at home. So he was able to do yeah. his ministry effectively. So that was, that's what I would say. I would say, you know, time is short and time with our children is short. And it seems like an eternity when you're in the middle of it because um, you you think this will never end, but it does. And I know that's easy for someone who's lived it and been there to say, because it's hard to see when you're where you are with young ones at home, but it, it, it flies by. Well, and I think for everybody with young ones at home or maybe is in this tension, like we need that perspective on the other side. So I appreciate Absolutely. <laughs> it does pass. And it is a season. On. Yes, it yeah. is a season. Very much. Very much. Um, okay, so let's get into your role as women's minister at Long Hollow. Um, Long right. Hollow is a great church. Um, so many friends there, very, very missional and in the community and doing lots of good things. So I really kind of want to tackle a little bit on the topic of um, teams and how you lead teams, because I've gotten this question a lot um, just through social media and direct messages and that kind of thing. And so let's kind of start with 
what do teams look like for you? Like, do you have a women's ministry team? How do you decide who is on the team? How long do they stay? Those kind of things. Can you kind of like pull back the curtain a little bit and tell us what does y'all structure look like that you get to lead? Yeah, I can. I, uh, we, we don't call ours a leadership team. We call it a servant team. And our women's ministry servant team, obviously from uh, John chapter 13, and, and one of the things that I've tried to stress, because I think for women sometimes we, there's this entitlement or feeling like, you know, I've arrived and this can become a click and other women even look yeah. at you as a leadership team and there's jealousy there and things that, you don't mean for that to become, but it just does. And yeah. so I just felt like the term servant team depicted what I wanted us to think and do and be. And so uh, that's what we call ourselves. And um, I have women, Jackie, of all ages on that team. I have single women. I have uh, single young women, single older women. I have... Uh, you know, moms, and I have um, all ages, senior adults on there, and uh, because I feel like, and they're not, they're, they're not all my best friends, <laughs> I, I don't, I feel like it's important to have a mixture of women, because the women you put on your team are the women that represent the church, and, and the broad look at the church, and so you don't want people that look just like yourself. You don't want a team full of women that think just like you. And so I try to surround myself on that team with women who uh, bring different gifts to the table, and that they're strong in gifts where I'm weak. Uh, and and there is a lot of those places where I'm weak that I need women to come alongside me and and help me. And I just love the perspective from the different ages. And I just love hearing them uh, talk to one another and share with one another. And um, so that's kind of the, the team setup that we have. And, and they sign a covenant when they come on, um, at, which just, I walk with them through that to say, this is what you're agreeing to. And, and it's very simple, but it's just that, you know, they're uh, an example to the rest of the women and so that their lives are reflecting that that they're growing in Christ and and before I ever ask them I'm pretty confident in that because I've watched them for a while I don't just you know flippantly ask women to serve on that team I pray about it and I and I observe before I ever ask them Okay, so that actually kind of brings me to my next question is, okay. how do you identify women to be on your team, especially with Long Hollow and some of the bigger, I mean, it's a, it's a big church, you know, yeah. services, that kind of thing. And so what are some things that you look for and maybe kind of a process that you kind of have in your head and in your heart um, of kind of wrestling through what it looks like to put people like on ramp, on ramp them, sorry, onto the team? What does that look like for you? Well, I, I look at those women who volunteer at our events and they serve and they, they're just giving it everything. It's obvious that they love being a part of that and it's a joy for them um, to be a, a part of what God's doing. They never expect that they're being looked at. You know what I'm saying? I, I just am watching and observing uh, and, and women who are uh, pursuing, whether it's in uh, life group or D group, they're just pursuing the Lord and, um, and are committed to him. And those are the women that catch my eye. Those are the women that, um, that I want 
on a team who are committed to the Lord, first of all, who believe in the, the ministry of the church, who believe in what we're doing, and, and they're team players. Um, I, I've said a lot, you know, you enlist your own problems. <laughs> so, you know, you're... That's tweetable. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yes. And so therefore, you know, you just want to be careful and, and prayerful about who you put on your team because you want people that are unified rather than bring disunity and, and um, that sort of thing to your team. So I think it's very important just to, to take your time, mm-hmm. um, you know, and so I observe women for a while before I ever ask them to be a part of the team. And when they have shown me through just volunteering and doing what they do that, that they're all in, then I'll have that conversation about coming on the team. Okay. And then what does it look like for people to go off of the team? Now, um, I'm sure that there's probably been in 14 years, you know, where people, you've asked people to step down, you know, like it's a team and it's different personalities. And so there's way, you know, that conflict and those kind of things. But, um, so outside of that, I guess, and maybe just not fighting for unity, not working well with the team, you know, those kind of things, how do, do they rotate off or do they have like a certain time frame and then they can come <laughs> back with you? Like, what does that look like? Well, that's, that's a great question because the goal has always been that there would be this rotation thing. But <laughs> I think I've learned through the years that when you find a chemistry of a group of women, that if you say a year or two and they're not ready, nor are you ready for them to roll off because you have chemistry is just something that you can't, it's hard to find. And so when you find it, it's like, I don't want them to leave right away. Yeah. And you'll you'll laugh at this because most and a lot of women who are hearing this probably know Chris Adams. Chris is in my church and uh, she's been on the team for 14 years now because she will not roll off. She uh, <laughs> you know she she just has said I'm not going to do that. So anyway, well, uh, I love having her on there and I love having her wisdom but um, and so grateful for her. But anyway, I say that to say Yes, women do come and go, but I'm not as strict on the rolling on and off after so many years as as maybe others would be. Just because I, I you know, when I find a good chemistry, then we go for it, and then and then people, you know, just in the natural course of events, women will have to have to roll off for a season, and and sometimes they come back on, but but more often than not, we just we add new women in. So what does that look like for, um, cause I'm really kind of curious, any group of people is going to be broken and have their own opinions and that kind of thing. But then whenever you are purposefully, and I love how you said, you know, you specifically put your team all across the board. So you've got different ethnicities, different backgrounds, different life stages, different ages. And so anytime you put that together, there is going to be perspectives and that kind of thing. So as the leader, how do you drive them toward unity? And how do you really kind of maybe even handle some of those harder conflicts of just, I know specifically on my team, even just like different generations, they see things differently, you know, like the way that church was done um, a couple decades ago is a little bit different, you know, than how it's done now. So how do you really drive forward at the same time, still maintaining that unity and that team bond? Well, that's a great question. And and, uh, we always, Jackie, our meetings, we start with getting in God's word together. Mm 
And I just feel like when we do that and we keep the main thing, the main thing, it's not as easy for them to be critical and for them to be judgmental. <laughs> you know, when we've spent time in the word and in prayer, as we're, as we're talking together and meeting together and, um, I can just tell you over the years and, and I think personalities play into it and, and, you know, uh, all kinds of things, but I'll never forget my very first team was made up of some really strong personalities. And I laugh about it now thinking, what in the world have I done? And, and yet, um, you know, I probably should have listened to some people along the way, um, because I was new and, and didn't know these personalities. But even in that, even though there was tension in the room at times, it was okay for me because I just thought that's calling us all up. You know, it, it's, we don't have to all agree all the time. I think there's a difference in a difference of opinion and bringing this unity. You know, I, I think we can bring everybody back around at some point it's okay to disagree and I don't have a problem with that mm -hmm. um, but if if a person um, just is continually negative and critical and bringing disunity to the team then it's one of those things where uh, she and I'll have a conversation you know together um, so does that answer kind of what you're asking it does it does um, I, I meant to ask this earlier, but how many times do you meet with your team? So what do, is it like once a month or? Yeah, we do. We meet once a month, the third okay. Wednesday of every month. And uh, now, uh, you, you know, we've got a couple of campuses. So now I'm, I've got another team on another campus that's smaller. So I'm working really with two teams actually on each campus now. Okay. All right. That's good to kind of give um, some parameters and, and just rhythms, I think, of how often you'll meet, what your meetings look like. I think we've gotten a glimpse into that. So you kind of touched on it, but I'm curious, after 14 years of being in this role, um, how old were you whenever you went over to Long Hollow and started? Mm, I was I was my early 40s. Okay, so early 40s and really growing with the church um, from at least what I know in our conversations and then a lot of change in church. Yeah. You know, I mean, every church, every ministry, I mean, even right now, we are all just trying to figure out, okay, how do you navigate change? So um, I'm kind of curious, looking back um, as a young leader and really stepping into this role, what are some of the things that you would do differently? Like if we were sitting actually having a cup of coffee, which we've kind of had this, um, how would you maybe make some shifts that now that you're on the other side of it? Um, what would you kind of suggest to maybe some of the younger leaders that are listening um, or even just those leaders that are just starting out? Like what would you say to them? Uh, that's a great question. I, I think the main thing I would say is seek godly counsel. I think I would I would encourage you because that probably um, was where I lacked. I, I would do that differently. I would do a better job of seeking out. I didn't know. Again, um, you know, this whole ministry thing, I'd been to seminary, but I'd never done women's ministry. And this is funny, Jackie, because I'd always said I really didn't want to do women's ministry because I thought women whine too much and they complain <laughs> too much. And that drove me crazy. So it was like, God, this is a joke. You're calling me to women's ministry. <laughs> and, um, I, you know, I could do students. I love that. But women, really? And uh, yet it has just been so fun to watch him, uh, you know, work in that. But um, I, I think that would be the thing. I would really seek out some women to, 
to talk to because everything that we think is important may not be as important as we think it is. You know what I mean? And, and it's just, it's just so good to talk to someone else and hear another perspective because we can get in our own mind, our set ways and the ways that we want to do it. And, and, uh, I think it's just really helpful to hear from others. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, it brings up, you know, that one day where I called you and, you know, starting in a new church and trying to form a new women's ministry, you know, and it just, it can get overwhelming. And yeah. even if you've been, you know, I'm in seminary, those kind of things to where you can have the training, but then there's something about that practical head knowledge system. Like I totally learned it the wrong way. Don't do it this way. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really big part of this network because I think for so many of us, um, just being a woman in ministry, trying to figure out what does it look like to be a woman called, that kind of thing, that's already isolating enough, but then we're just jumping into the deep end and trying to tread water in a lot of ways. And so I love how... Um, you're really encouraging us to find other women leaders, find other people. And it may not even be women's ministry. It may be children's right. ministry or um, the marketplace, but finding other people that are in your same shoes, but that are maybe a little bit ahead that are able just to encourage you. They understand, you know, what you're really kind of going through. And I know that day that I called you and just felt completely overwhelmed by the end of our conversation, I just felt like I can do this, you know, mm. and got good counsel. And I think it's so important. You know, I was just reading an article the other day about uh, young leaders and how we're kind of flaming out and um, we're making some, we're working too hard, we're doing too much and we're doing it all on our own strength, I think. And so that's why God gives us the body of believers. That's why he gives us other people that we can lean on, that we can get wisdom in. And so I really appreciate you just kind of encouraging us. And it's awkward, right? Like to be the person to reach out and say, and call and say, hey, I have no idea what I'm doing. So I think there's a little bit of just vulnerability and willingness mm. to say, I don't have this thing figured out. I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> well, yeah, absolutely. And, and I think, and I, and I will say for me, and I regret this, it was a thing of pride for me that I didn't want to admit that I didn't know it all or mm -hmm. couldn't do it. You know, I, I thought, well, that was a weakness. Well, that was a lie from the enemy. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, that's why God gives us one another. And um, so I would so encourage, yeah, to, because we all get in that rat race of, of doing so quickly and, and things have become so busy. And then we just get, we get worn out, we get burned out. Mm -hmm. And then we don't have anything to offer anybody, you know, when we get to that point too. And, uh, so I would just say, run your race that God has called you to, and don't feel the pressure to, to do it like everybody else. You know what I mean? That, that, and, and I think that for young leaders today, y'all have the opportunity like never before to see what everybody else is doing, to compare yourself to, uh, you know, when you look at social media or whatever you go, oh my gosh, we need to be doing this, this, this. No, just pause, relax, and breathe is what I would say because um, uh, God has called you specifically in whatever area of leadership he's called you to. He has called you, and he doesn't make mistakes. So you're there for a reason, but don't feel like you were superwoman because you're not. I, I hate to, you know, I hate to say that because some of us think we are, and I did. No, but you need to <laughs> so, say it. Say it. <laughs> <laughs> if there's anything I have learned, it is you are not, and you're not God, you know, and, and sometimes we just think we got to control it all, and we got to make it all happen, and 
it's really not up to us to do that. God's going to do what he wants to do anyway. So just rather than putting so much pressure on ourselves, enjoy the ride and more than anything, spend time with him, you know, because that's where ministry flows out of your personal relationship yeah. with Christ. So good. And it honestly kind of brings me to like my thought process and just, especially for us younger ones that are kind of, you know, in the beginning of our journey or maybe kind of um, the earlier side of it. Um, but that we also have to recognize, you know, you've been doing this for 14 years. And so yes. your wisdom is going to look very different than somebody who's just starting out or getting thrown into the deep end, you know. And so um, I think we need to also keep perspective in that we're still learning and God is growing and teaching us lessons. And so we can't just expect the big ministry, you know, like automatically. And so um, I love your story of just faithfulness and um, humility and, and being able to really kind of put together your story in a way to where every step of the way you are really just trying to trust God with that next open door. And, um, and I think a lot of times we can kind of, because of the comparison that you were talking about to where we're just like, well, I want that. And we don't want to do any of the work to get there or the obedient steps to get there. And so um, I think it's really challenging for us to check our heart exactly like you're saying, making sure that we are meeting with the Lord, that he is growing us and pruning us, which is a part that we don't want to talk about mm -hmm. much, um, yeah. really stripping away some of those things so that we're just able to take the next step. And at the end of 14 years and hopefully 50 years, you know, until mm. glory that we're able to look back and say, man, look at what God did. Absolutely. Yeah. And yes, Jackie, the <laughs> I'm just older. So uh, I've done it longer, but I will say, you know, I, I too go, uh, Lord, what is this all about? And the more I know, the, the less I know, I think, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah. Uh, we're never going to know it all. We're never going to, we're never going to arrive this side of heaven. We just got to take those obedient steps of faith along the way. Oh, so good. And so true, man, Julie, I have loved having you on. It is good to Thank catch you, you so much. And I appreciate you sharing just about teams and your leadership um, and your story. And so I'm just so thankful that you're a part of our tribe and that we get to glean a little bit of wisdom from you today. So thank you for your time. Well, girl, it was a real blessing. Thank you. And I love you. And I'm so proud of you and excited about what God's doing and how he's using you to bring us together as SBC women. Uh, it's a fun little side hobby. So I was about to say job, but it's definitely not a job. <laughs> um, but as always, ladies, I'm so thankful that you joined us today. I hope that you're encouraged. And man, what practical tips on being able to lead a team, whether it's a women's ministry team or your work team. Um, I mean, this really can go all across different fields and, and those kind of things. And so I hope that you take Julie's wisdom and her experiences and apply that to your life and your own ministry and leadership. And I will make sure to put in the notes how you can connect with Julie. But as always, I hope that you will join us next week for another episode of At the Table and know that we are cheering you on in the meantime. Y'all have a great week. You have been listening to At The Table, the podcast for the SBC Women's Leadership Network. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on iTunes and share this with your friends and other women in the SBC. They'd also love to connect online with you at sbcwomen.net for more resources and for you to join the conversation with women all across the globe who are serving in kingdom mission. Thanks for listening.